This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike, your host as always. Pleasure to be here again. Joined this week by Shankers. Shankers, welcome back. How are we? Hello Scott, I'm good. Fine, yourself? Very good, mate. Very good. We're joined this week by Andy Rogers, former heir, East Stirling, Montrose, Dumbarton, Peterhead, just some of the clubs you've played with, Andy. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks very much for joining us. No problem. No problem. How are you all right? I'm good, mate. Aye, aye, good. A wee bit sore after another game yesterday, but I'll be fine. <laughs> How's it been so far? How's it been getting back to, getting back to football? Uh, it's, it's good that we're back playing. Uh, it was a long time before it, but uh, the older you get, the harder it gets. And I don't think the six month foot done me any favours either, to be fair. So, uh, no, but it's good, aye. Well, it's gone alright. It's gone alright. Yeah, what was going kind of lockdown like? What was the, was the memories for lockdown? Uh, the, the first lockdown? Never want to go through that uh, again. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't ideal. It was not ideal. Uh, I've got a lot of. A lot of respect for for folk who could have dealt with that better than me because that's I didn't enjoy that. No. Did not enjoy it. Yeah. Conspicuous by his absence is Mark Wilson. Now, me, Shankers, and Wilson always talk before the show starts, and we always get our, our heads up of what's happening. We've just been informed by Wilson. Marco Shankers will corroborate with me here. Start the show without me. I'm running late. I've been called somewhere. That's the message we got. <laughs> what could that know, mean? Man. <laughs> God knows. Now, God knows what's happening. Could be anything. Could be anything at all. All I've heard is, is that there's a few guardrails been thrown about, and the name Wilson's been uttered <laughs> many times at a certain place. But we'll start off. We'll, we'll start off about what's been happening over the weekend. Big results, obviously, in the League Cup. We'll start off with Alba beat Hearts one 0 Now, Shankers, me and you, have, I think we've got a part to play in this year because Trout's, <laughs> Alan Trout scored the winning goal, right? And Alan Trout was in the show, as we know, a couple of weeks ago, and I like to hang that me and you motivated him to get that goal Saturday. Marco did speak about it and say, was that, it was a penalty, wasn't it? No, nah, he scored a penalty in extra time. Uh, Mar- Marco did speak and say he was the best penalty taker that he's came across, so that can only that can only go on that, and it's true. It's a big result for them. They, listen, he said, when we asked him about uh, the game, and he was saying, listen, we're, we're in the same league as him, so... Of course, we've got a chance, and they were probably massive underdogs going into that game because Hearts are the expectancy that comes with Hearts. Uh, they should go and win that, win that league. The players, the budget, etc. But just shows Hearts was a, a tough place to go, and mm-hmm. and if you can hang in there for as long as you can, you've always got a chance. And and fair play to them, it was a massive result, and they've got a, they've got a good tie against Hibs in the next one. Definitely, like them, right, as well. definitely best of luck for them as well. Andy as well. Did Fairman beat a bro three uh, one? That's was that kind of the result you expected? Uh, I expected, I, I hoped, not, not so much, but definitely expected. Uh, and they've started really well, to be fair to them. They've, started, they have, they've, they've had a right good start to the season. Uh, they look as though they've got a, a right good squad. And I, I don't think they'll be far away. Uh, personally, hope, hopefully they, they fall a wee bit short, but uh, <laughs> no, nah, they, they might be up there. They might be up there. Uh, definitely. And well, Livingston beat here 4 now. Now, we just want to kind of talk quickly about this. Like, obviously, during the week, we get some news about Gary Holt had offered his reg- resignation. 
I wanted to kind of get Wilson's input in this, but I'll, I'll just throw this at the both of you. I'll touch, touch this with Wilson later on, but were you surprised when Gary Holt resigned? Well, I'll start with you, Andy. <laughs> to be fair, I'm, I'm not really surprised with much it goes on at Livingston. I think it's a, I think it's a bit of a strange setup there, and I'm not convinced anybody really knows who's in charge at Livingston, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think Gary Holt, to be fair, anything that I've heard, of, I know a, few, a couple of boys that are living I think he's a really good coach. I think the boys really liked him. Uh, and it, it was a strange one. They've not been, they've not started great, but I don't think, uh, I don't think anybody expected it. As in, I don't think it, I felt his job was in danger, if you know what I mean. So, it was a, it was a wee bit of a surprise, but as I say, it's a strange, a strange setup at Livingston, I think. Nah, it's weird. And Shanker's like, as well, like, who do you, who do you see kind of replacing Gary Holt and how big a job have they got? Uh, well, touching on Gary Hall, I think the first year that they come up, they've done really well. And uh, I call it Livingston. I think that's maybe kind of pushing for top six is probably the best you're going to get out of them. So he's maybe thought I can't really take them any further than I have. I don't think it merits. Well, obviously, he's went went in his own accord. So they're obviously, they weren't the, it's not as if they weren't the happy with the job that, he's, that he had done, kind of thing. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure what. What, what they'll go to there's always a kind of circle of managers that go go run about kind of teams up there I'd like to see them maybe go for something different give, give somebody that's maybe kind of just come out of come out of playing a young manager give them a shot and and see what see what they've got rather than just get, they got the circle of managers who have been, been in and out football for, for years and they kind of we journeymen as they say but I don't know it's a, a difficult one it's They've got decent players, obviously, like Alan Forrest. They got a good result against the other. They've got decent players in forward areas, and I think they've got a good enough squad that will stay up. So I'd imagine it's a a job that's out there somebody will, somebody will want. Definitely. We're just, having an, we're just having another person joining us, so here we go. He's joining <laughs> us right now. Let's find out what's happening here. <laughs> I've just seen that name on the screen. <laughs> Are you there? Testing? Hello? <laughs> Is there? Sorry, I'm out. Baffin was a bit busy coming back for the gala game, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's me, I made it, I made it. <laughs> sorry, sorry for the delay, Scott. Apologies. And apologies, Mark and Andy Apollo. Sorry, sorry. I just made it back. Right. Where have you been? Uh, I, I was just uh, I was just out uh, looking at the Christmas lights up the Gallagate <laughs> up near Celtic Park and that. Um, just trying to get in the Christmas spirit and things. Uh, really, really, really enjoyable, enjoyable experience. Did you get through the guardrails all right, eh? Well, I've actually got one in the boot of my car, <laughs> you know, I'm reading about stretching for the back garden, so I just left it. Everyone else was lifting them, I thought, why not? When in Rome. <laughs> oh, you joined us at a perfect time, because I want to touch on something quickly with you. Welcome to the show, Mark, again. Pleasure Hi. to have you. Uh, Gary Holt. Left at the left during the week for Livingston. What's your kind of thoughts on that? To be honest, um, 
Going, going by results, I, I wasn't surprised when I actually seen the results. I always just kind of thought the last few games, I know they lost maybe 1-0, 2-1, etc. And then when I actually saw, obviously I was comparing these results to uh, Neil Lennon's in the last nine games, thinking that Gary's would be slightly better. Um, they actually were, to be honest. And I, and I can un, understand his, his reasoning, um, to be honest. And I, I remember him, you know, even when he, he used to say, you know, a manager's got a shelf life. You know, and I think he just kind of ran, ran out of time at Livingston. And I think it's hard when you do reasonably well one season and you kind of drop back. Um, but I, I genuinely don't think he'll be, he'll be short of any offers, you know, maybe next season if ever once he takes a wee break from it. Mm-hmm, definitely. We'll just run down a few of the other results. Hibs beat the day one now. Jamie Murphy with a goal. St. Johnson come back for being behind against Muddle to win 2-1. And it was a big shock as St. Marin beat Aberdeen 2-1 in the late game on Saturday. Today, Rangers... 1-4-0 against Falkirk. No, well, there was no surprise there. We, we thought that would happen, but... What, what was the score in that game? Sorry, I never 4-0, saw 4-0. I knew you were starting traffic. You'd have missed the game, but Rangers did get the 4-0 win. We're going to, we're, we're going to start... I, don't, I know Wilson's just arrived, and I kind of want to touch on this with everybody, but Celtic, the run of... Is it 35 games or 25? What was it? I really took an interest, to be totally honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 35, but the run of 35 cup games in a row is over. A 2-0 defeat at home at Ross County. I want to start off with Andy first. How massive a shot was that result, and what was your overall takeaways in that performance? Uh, I, no, it was, like, it was huge, especially after midweek. I thought, I thought after the, the result in Europe, there would be a, a big reaction. Uh, but they actually seemed worse, to be fair. It was... You've got to credit Ross County, I suppose, for their performance as well, because you've, they've still got the other right, but it just seemed so flat. I watched the game, it, they, they just had nothing. It was as if... It, it looked to me as though they had gave up, whether that's a, a subconscious or... But, no, nah, it, was, it was as flat a Celtic performance as I've seen for a, a, a long, long time, and it, it doesn't look good for them. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Wilson, you've said it, Faye. I was delighted to welcome you on to the show after the Old Farm game and we, your kind of reign of terror started in this show. And I've, we've, you've, had, you've, had, you've said it all from the start, but what, what, what was that today, Faye Celtic? And well, and I've, I've been, I've, obviously, I've been getting barrel loads of uh, text messages, tweets, etc. But, and again, I'm going to just nip back to a point that we were on with Mark and Scott McLaughlin. And I, I mentioned a few weeks ago on that show about players deliberately going out and not trying for the manager. <laughs> and to be fair, obviously experienced pros like Mark and Scott shot me down in flames at the mere suggestion of that. But if, if Mark's not got too much on, I would like him to watch that 90 minutes back of the Celtic performance today and tell me that 11 of those players were trying today for, for that manager, for that club, for that team, whatever you want to call it, because it was nothing short of disgraceful, that performance they put in. And I'm, I'm telling you, and as I say, uh, Andy and Mark might shoot me down in flames again, but there was players are going out deliberately not trying for that manager. And I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a one-off. I think that's quite a common thing in professional football, if I'm honest. For for example, I'll give another example from uh, the World Cup. Paul Pogba was the best player in the world 
Did he ever display that in a Man United years under Jose Mourinho? Absolutely not. So that for me is the player going out and not trying for the manager. Now, I appreciate you don't like everyone in football. There's guys in the dressing room, there's managers you don't like. But never once would I think for a minute that a whole team would go out and perform the way they did. Um, basically, in my opinion, to get rid of that manager. Shankers, respond. Respond <laughs> to that. I, I, I think, I think the fact that be a fact that if somebody suggests that the whole team isn't trying for the manager, I think that's. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I just, in my opinion, I don't think the players would deliberately go out there to no try for the manager. Of course, when they're, the way they're playing in that isn't good enough. But I don't think, and Andy's been in front of the dressing rooms, nobody would go, no manager, will, no uh, matter whether you hate the manager or whatever, I don't think, it's just a, a for me, like, I want to win every game. So even if I don't like the manager and he's no playing me, if he threw me in, I would still want to win the game for myself and my team. And never mind the manager can hang and try and almost prove a point to him if you're at the team. So I don't think anybody would go there and, and no try for the manager. Of course, things are not working. They're not playing well, no scoring goals, no uh, keeping clean sheets, etc. But I don't think anybody would go there and deliberately perform like that to get rid of the manager. Right, well, I'm not... Um, I, I, know, I know we enjoy a bit of turning and fro on here and what about it, etc. All right? But, and I know you're a very young man, Matt, but... <laughs> You, did you think at the time that the entire Rangers dressing room were doing that to Paul Le Guin? Or was, it, or was it Paul Le Guin's treatment of Barry Ferguson that made them side with Barry Ferguson as a teammate? Because in that era, you can't tell me that those 11 Rangers players were out trying for Paul Le Guin. Can I just plug something? Check out my interview with Gavin Ray and you'll get the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. There's, uh, there's that much happened at Rangers since then, I can't I, I, I know, I know you're a very You've touched on that, and I just want to, I just want to can I say, say a couple of things before, and I'll, I'll bring Andy in in this as well. If Neil Lennon comes out at the end of the game and says two, says one of these two things, Barkas didn't have anything to do, which is ridiculous to say that. And <laughs> also, and also, also <laughs> apart, for the, apart for the goals... Celtic played pretty well. Explain to me, and now I'm I'm not I'm not saying that Neil Lennon should lose his job or anything like that. I'm not a fan of managers losing his job, and I want to bring Andy in this as well because Andy, you're assistant manager at Easter, and I want to get your your kind of input in this side of the, the argument. But it looks to me like he's just he's run he's run out of ideas, and I, we've said that I, we said that three weeks ago. He's run out of ideas, and we, he's changed it again. It hasn't worked. What else can he do? Now, Andy, I want to just kind of touch on this with you. Do you have any kind of sympathy for Neil Lennon? Obviously, be kind of sharing that from the managerial point of view. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't really, to be honest, because <laughs> he's took the he's took the credit early years that he deserved when he's done well, and it would be it would be different if they were playing great football, as you're saying, they, they were getting unlucky. They were, it was a break that was beating them, but. They've they've looked really really poor in the last few games, and I think today they're, they're at home to Ross County, and he's played basically played four centre halves. Yeah. He's played three centre halves and another centre half at right back at home to Ross I County. Know. To me, that that you, you can't do that as a as a manager of Celtic or 
a, a club that size, you, they should have enough. And I think I looked, I was sitting watching watching the game and I looked at the stats, at the mid, there was maybe about 20 minutes to go and Celtic had had two shots on target and Ross County had had five. Yeah. So, it's, I think his race has run, to be fair. It looks to me as though he's run out of ideals. And going back to whether players are deliberately no trying for him, I'm not sure no trying for the manager as a collective is the issue, but I think the higher you get up in the levels of football, I think agents become a problem. And I think boys like Edward and the boys who wanted away in the summer, I think that's more the issue rather than them wanting ready Lennon. I think they've got a problem that they never got their moves in the summer. And I think mentally there's three or four there that didn't want to be there. And, and that's been an issue for them, I think. <clears throat> but three, 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 I, I, I agree, but three or four don't make a team. Now, you're not telling me 36-year-old Scott Brown was needing a move. Uh, uh, and you saw, you saw his penalty gave away against Hubs. You saw his pathetic attempt at marking today and in midweek against Sparta Prague. Now, you're not telling me he hasn't fell out with a manager and he's trying his best. I don't think it. I don't think been a, and, and to be fair, they're playing him but, too much. But, but, I think, I think that's the issue with Scott Brown. I, I've got some respect for him more than Lennon because I'm at an age where Scott Brown's at and I couldn't play the amount of games he's playing. I was astounded, I was astounded he was in the team today. Absolutely uh, astounded. But, so was and, I. And uh, yeah. if, a, if a 36-year-old East Stirlingshire player comes to you and says... Can you tell the gaffer I can maybe play only one out of three games? Do, do you go to the gaffer and say, I'll oh, just play him every game? Scott Brown must be having those conversations. It should be. The card from international duty. It should be. But, but it, it looks to me as though he's running on empty. Aye, Scott Brown. Yeah, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think he's the big, the big problem, to be fair. And I think there's, there's worse problems than him at Celtic, than a, to be honest. Aye, Nicky Hammond, that's the biggest problem. Do we think it is? Do we think it is that? Now, I want to just touch on something else. The second goal goes in, and the camera cuts to Neil Lennon sitting with Gavin Strachan, and they're on a laptop. Now, I'm playing football manager with Eddie Malone. Now, we've listened to things in, over the past week about what's going on behind the scenes and as the coaching staff behind them. What on earth are they looking at in a laptop at 2 0? I've no idea. What, when they're looking at a laptop the when the full, the full game is right there in front of them, what do they do? I've no idea. That's, that's yeah. what they're looking at. Dissect that after the game and, and worry Aye. about and Somebody on the pitch knows that it was their man. I mean, like, you shouldn't have if to be looking at a laptop when the pitch is right there in front of you. Okay, I mean, if we had conceded the goals all. that they conceded today, the laptop would have been smashed. It would have been smashed. It just looked, it was flat, it was Thursday night, they went 1-0 up, Edward got the goal, after that it was the same mistakes, the same mistakes, the same problems. Sunday, today, we've seen just the exact same thing. Now, 2 out of 10 wins for a Celtic Rangers manager, to me, is absolutely ridiculous. Now, Scott Barnes, Tony Mowbray, Paul Le Guin, Pedro Cachinha, Mark Warburton, all, all suffered because of the similar statistics. What 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 you what, what you have to look at is 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 the, the false sense of security because we need to stop kidding on that Lennon was a success the first time around. When Lennon was the manager the first time around, he couldn't win a treble without Rangers being in the league. He lost semi-finals to Ross County, he never he never won a treble. Okay? We had Braga, Utrecht, Sion, 
Okay, and a goal from Tony Watt against Barcelona saved his skin in the Champions League and made him this heraldic figure um, that, that, that he's dear to. From his playing days, I can totally accept what he's held in high esteem. But let's let's not kid ourselves. This this is complete and utter mismanagement from the club, from going from a Brendan Rodgers to Neil Lennon. Now, if Neil Lennon was the St Mirren or Hamilton, Kilmarnock, St Johnson manager, and he won two out of ten, he'd be shown the door. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's, that's the nature of the beast. But here's my next question. I, I forget the inevitable news about if Neil Lennon does is replaced. I want, Andy, I want to ask you this question because obviously, if you, were, if you had played for Celtic at a high level, like you were a Henrik Larson, a Paul Lambert, a, let's, just, let's just use that as an example, a Martin O'Neill, mm-hmm. you've had that legendary time at the club. Do you want to go in there in that situation as a manager and potentially fail in the biggest task in that, the club's history? Does that put you off joining the club? Because that's that's what I'm thinking with certain managers. It is a difficult one, but to be honest, if I was a Larson or somebody like that, especially Larson, who's maybe not had had the high-profile jobs out with his own company, the the bottom line is if they win two very winnable games in hand, there's only five points in it. So if if I'm looking at as him, I'm thinking to myself, there's a high chance win a couple of fun games they could still win the league. So, is it a risk? Potentially, but it's a big job to knock back for somebody like that. It's a big job to knock back. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, again, you're, you're touching on figures that last in Lambert, etc. Ali McCoy did it and look at the way he was treated. Mm-hmm. Now, not necessarily from the... And, and, and this is the point I was trying to make to folk today. When Ali McCoy, now we all know how good he was, one of my favourite all-time Scotland players, fantastic. He knew he was risking his legacy there. Mm-hmm. Now, I think he was mistreated by the club, and the, I think there was a split in the fans. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's Celtic. There's no split there. 100% Celtic from one new winning out. So, he's, mm-hmm. he's UEFA Cup run, he's trebles, he's whatever. It's, it's gone now. It is completely and utterly gone. Whereas... Rangers fans will look back and the majority... I mean, if Al McCoy went on to be the Real Madrid manager and won 10 Champions Leagues, Rangers fans, I, I would have bad we are back to him. I thought he was brilliant. I still think Rangers fans would be split if you asked them about McCoy's reign and, and, what, and what he did. In t- and there's a whole generation obviously that didn't know he scored X amount of goals. But never, and as I say, I've seen in hundreds and hundreds of managers sacked. I have never seen 100% of a support want a manager sacked. What do you think of the what do you think of the things tonight about the the fans of a it's, it's absolutely moronic. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely it's ridiculous. I, I totally I totally understand fans. It's, it's not it's not even moronic in terms of I feel for the police officers. We're in the middle of a pandemic and a yeah. tier four situation. And so you've got all that political side of it, right? But but even at that, what are they what are they thinking? What, what are they absolutely thinking? Fear enough of a demonstration, boo the manager if they're at the game or outside the gates, okay. But honestly, if, you, if you've seen the footage, it's, it's barbaric. It really is. It's, it's disgusting. That's see, all I, see when I mean, you look at it like that, like, I've no way put it into what Rangers have been through in that, but like, if you flip it, like nothing like that ever happened. There was confrontations with the manager uh, at a European game away where he lost the... I don't even know what team it was they lost and they were knocked out in the first qualifying round 
Like, but I don't think anything would come to a head like that. You know what I mean? And that was normal times, let alone these kind of kind of times. It is, it is crazy, but it's. I think it's the only way they feel they can get a point across because they're not in the, in the stadium like at the game. If they're in the stadium, then they're shouting the points across. But uh, I don't know. What what? See if you're learning and you're sitting in the stadium getting dressed or getting something to eat or whatever, and you know that's outside. What's what's going through your head? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the, the only the only solace is as Mark's highlighting the the, the troubled times the Rangers supporters have went through. Um, at least they'll not be attacking the Glasgow Hilton Double Tree Hotel at the Player of the Year Awards. You know, that must have been those Chelsea fans again doing that, not Rangers, because they've never done anything wrong, they fans, the last eight years. You know, of the banner at Murray Park, you know, and they were, I don't remember all the bad things. Of course you don't, of course you don't. <laughs> Just a young man. See, touching on the Celtic game, uh, Andy said, why does fight, like they play 3 5 2, right? See, and it's three five two, so it's supposedly wing backs. Why are they put the five defenders and Scott Brown started in that game at home to Ross County? Are they like Scott Brown doesn't need to play that game, no matter how many games, no. whether he was fresh as paint, whether he's twenty five, see the type of player he is, he doesn't need to play in that game because it's no like it's no like where you need to go and grind out a one nil. We've made the same points with each other about Rangers playing two holding midfielders away to Livingston. Do you know what I mean? It's that that All similar right. thing. You don't you're home to Ross County. Like, you attack. Their woods feed Laxalt and El Hamid or whatever. Like, they're not, Laxalt might be a bit creative, but that El Hamid's a kind of defensive minded player. See, I know Wilson's not far of Frimpong, but surely he's a better option in that, that type of game going forward because the amount of possession that they've got on the ball with the woods, it probably would be James Forrest if he was fit. But I just, with the wing backs, they're, they're probably going to have the ball more than anybody in that situation, in the game today. So I don't get why it's five defenders and Scott Brown, ultimately six defensive-minded players playing, playing outfield. I don't, I don't to be fair, that. if I was playing with those three centre-halves, I would be playing three defensive midfielders <laughs> to death. <laughs> and I'm quite sure, I'm quite sure if Andy was offered Frimpong on loan, he would say, no thanks. <laughs> Frimpong or Willie Lyle, Andy, who would you say? Willie Lyle all day. Willie Lyle all day. But I'm just going to ask you all, is this the end of the road for Neil Lennon? Wilson? Yes. Yes, it should be the end after the Old Firm game. You can see it coming. The, the performance and the body language and attitude of the Old Firm game, it should be out the door that night and saved this carry-on. Andy, what do you think, think this is that? I think, I think it's got to be. My, my argument for them, them keeping them, or the board's argument was I think the next four or five fixtures are at, at home against bottom half sides. But that shows the day that they're not guaranteed to win at home against bottom half sides. So I think he's had his chance. Aye. Shankers, is that? Uh, uh, I kinda, I'm not arguing his case as a fan of it. I just, weeks ago, I was like, ah, if they win their game in hand, it's three points. No, it's. If they win their game in hand, it's five points now. It's stretched. After the defeat in midweek, Europe, Europe's uh, over. And then you're looking on to the weekend. You've got a chance to beat Ross County and get into and um, progress into the cup quarterfinals. That's a way. The four of the next five games are very winnable at home. Uh, I think if Lennon gets, stays and goes and wins them, then 
there's momentum, but it's also a perfect time to get a new manager in, I think, because if you get a new manager in, you've, there's a wee bit of a lift there. He goes and wins. The next five league games are all winnable. So if he goes and wins A5, and then you've got a wee bit of momentum going, uh, going into the game at Ibrox away. So it is a good time to, to change manager, but God, I honestly don't know. Who, who would want to take that job with all that pressure? You've all, you're almost in trial for six months because... If you don't win the league, you're away. After six months, you almost need to win the league. So there's so much at stake. I just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know where it, where they'll look to, to be honest. But I think his time is up. It's a situation I'm sure we'll be following all over the week, and um, it's it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> we'll move on to our special guest, Andy Rogers. Andy, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, mate. Thanks very much for joining us. Not a problem, not a problem. Obviously, just talk to you about, about your career. You started off at Falkirk, just talk about your days there, like what was the memories of that time? I know, that was brilliant. I was a, I'm a Falkirk boy, so I was a season ticket holder at Falkirk for, till I was 15, and then I signed there when I was 16, two-year YTS. Uh, that was basically dream come true stuff there. Scored on my debut, won the league, that was... It was brilliant. I enjoyed, enjoyed it massively. Brilliant. I and mean, we move on to like kind of spells at East Hull and Dumbarton and Peterhead, like Montrose as well. Just what was your kind of favourite times of your career? Like what was your, the memories? See, see, to be honest, I, I, I've I've honestly enjoyed Barn, Barn a, a year spell at Montrose, maybe uh, where it was difficult. I've I've enjoyed almost every club I've been at. It's, I've been lucky enough to play for some great clubs. who looked after you. I would say Peter, Peterhead as a, as a football club was, was unbelievable. I think because maybe it's because you did the travel or whatever, but it was just a club that, that really, really looked after you well. Had a great year at air. Uh, and then obviously Stirling, I've, I've had a couple of spells there and another club that's, that's been really, really good to me. And I've, I've been fortunate, as I say, I've been really fortunate. I've, I've not had any serious injuries, which, which always helps. Probably why I'm still, still able to just about kick about the out at 37 so no it's been it's been great the whole time and your days at air as well I just want to touch on them quickly like what was uh, with a few of your old teammates on and obviously you, uh, you'd have, you came across Shankers at air like who was the who were the characters in that team and who were the kind of memories see, for there see, to be fair it was probably one of the craziest dressing rooms I've ever been in but I was there only there the one season but fortunately enough it was the season we got promotion uh, through the playoffs and like, we, had a, we had a really experienced Dressing them obviously I've had Scotty on, Moth, Marco, Trouts, Dean Keenan. I think everybody knows about Dean Keenan. Would I like him on tonight? Oh, he'll be lying, he'll be lying <laughs> under the cover somewhere. <laughs> he'll be unavailable tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but no, we, we were, it was a right, a right good dressing room. Uh, we were probably fortunate because. We needed that experience because uh, it was a difficult. We had Livingston who were full time, so it was a it was a tough season, and we managed to scrape through in the playoffs. But now it was a. Uh, you can imagine there's been, there was a few stories for that for that. What was, the, what was the best? What's the best story you can tell us about that time? <laughs> there was a, a, a the one of the coaches. Uh, well, we don't want to be a coach, but Mal- Malky Boyle. <laughs> Uh, boys used to give Malky a wee bit of stick because he used to help out with the, with the kit as well. And uh, with, a, with a younger boy, boy Ali Woodburn. Uh, and Woody, Woody used to try and give him... He used to get, Woody used to get roped in with experienced boys. We, we could kind of 
make with the day stuff, if you know what I mean, that they probably shouldn't have done. And uh, they used to give Malky a wee bit of stick about being a kit man and not a coach. So the, the darts were on a, a the SECC and we do have tickets for the darts. So we were like, acting, you need to do something with your sign. You need to, it has to be about Malky. So we were sitting in the house on the Thursday night after training and sure as hell, Woody comes up on the screen with a sign for the darts saying, you're just a kit man, Boyle. It's <laughs> called in. They actually, they actually released him. Brownies released him. And we were like, ah, hey, Marco, and, and uh, he got released because of that. That was part of the reason. He, and we were like, fuck, that was, that was us, man. We were, we were terrified. <laughs> oh, no. we've, actually, we've actually killed the boy. But no, that, that was the kind of thing. Well, I was the same. When you're a young boy, you, you, can, get, you can get roped in and... Uh, Maybe go earlier the score, but in fairness, it was just a bit of banter. But I don't think Bagridi took took banter too well, yeah. didn't they? I remember when we were training up at, we used to train at Peter's Hills Park once, and I was just young. And uh-huh. There must have been a game in the, say there was a game in the the Monday or something. Like, no, was, maybe the Sunday. And uh-huh. uh, when was it? The train Monday, Wednesday. Monday, Wednesday. Eh? And it's, oh, there was a game on Sunday, whatever, and there was like boys who hadn't played were doing full training and like same off and that, or just doing light stuff, and somebody cut the toes out of his socks. So then Mark Annan, he's pulled them, he's pulled them right up to his thigh. And he went to like, um, leave the dressing room and tell the fun who it was. And I, I must have been more for somebody like that, and I think he had to find a couple of weeks' wages or something like that for it. Aye. Aye, I was the, didn't like things like that. It wasn't a great, uh, it, was, it was a bit serious, but I to be fair. Scotty McKenzie, the assistant, was all right. You, you could get a wee goal with Scotty, but Reedy was the, no, he wasn't the, he just liked getting training games up the road, but. I, that wasn't going to happen in the dressing room. <laughs> I mean, Marco as well. Like, we've obviously, everybody on here has got their, their Marco stories, but what's, what's your favourite? My, my, my favourite Marco stuff is just some of his random like, football Tourette shouts. He, he, was, <laughs> he was so, he couldn't control himself. So we'd be at training, we had a goalkeeper, the boy David Crawford, he played in goals <laughs> half the season before Alan Martin came in. And for some reason, every night in training, David would just make saves with his feet. Yeah, it didn't matter if the, you could bend a shot and it'd be going in the top corner and he'd try and kick it out. <laughs> I could just, every Monday night, I just remember Marco used to shout at the crop, use your fucking horns. <laughs> and then, I, I, and we, we played Dumbarton, uh, we played Stenny, sorry, one day, and uh, we Stevie Murray was playing for Stenny, who was, it, it was tricky, we Stevie, we winger, and he was playing against Big Junior, <clears throat> Big Chris Smith. And it gave Big Junior the runaround, to be fair, for about an hour. And it was probably one of our worst performances. On a Tuesday night at Stenny, we got horsed 3-1. And we were about half an hour to go. I remember I was playing up top with Marco. And he was standing on the centre circle. As Stevie Murray's staying, keep you up, he's in the corner flag. Turned him to dog it and he's shouting to Big Reedy, Take him fucking off! <laughs> and the whole place was silent. And I was like, Marco, you need to come But he was just, but we had a few, like Ryan McCann was the same. Uh, I used to just we used to train at a school. I can't remember what the school was. We used to train at a school in here on a Wednesday night. And Kanzo would just he'd just pick the ball up and just launch it at the fence. Just in the middle of the training game. Just grab the ball with his hands, kick it at the fence and just walk off training. <laughs> but, but, that's okay. They were all they were all fucking experienced boys, so uh, Marco was a uh, you, you couldn't really control Marco to be fair. No. Wilson he had to add anything to ask about. He's he's actually just been in touch, uh, Andy. <laughs> uh, he's giving you one compliment. He wants me to ask you about a goal against Sunny Bank in the Sunny Scottish Bank. Aye, aye, it was a, it was one of my better ones. To be fair, 
Um, I think we won. I think we won about five 0 or so, and I scored the scored an overhead kick late on in the game. And to be fair, I think I'd been absolutely hopeless. I always <laughs> remember Marco saying to me when I scored. I'd, obviously, it was quite a good goal, but I scored. I just remember when the boys were celebrating. I actually, one of their centre halves actually like shook my hand when I scored the goal, <laughs> and then our boys came in, and I can just always remember Marco saying, "Are you gonna fucking smile?" And I was like. <laughs> I've been hopeless so and I was, I was shocking. I had, a, I had an absolute nuke and then scored that. It was, it was a decent goal to be fair, but I, I remember him telling me to smile after that. I, I just remember thinking to myself, I can't, I can't smile after this performance. <laughs> honestly, can't. And he's, he's also asked uh, if you still have your Nike trainers. He's, uh, see, to be fair, Marco will tell you. I have possibly got the worst gear in football history. <laughs> and he also will tell you. You could not give me a red neck for it because <laughs> I, I wouldn't put the words that he's put after that, but he's asked about the trainers. But, uh, <laughs> the first night I went in here, I think somebody tried to give me a bit of stick for it, and Marco pulled him up instantly. He says, No point in trying to slag that boy for his clothes or his gear, because <laughs> it will not affect him one bit. He says, It's always going to be horrific. So, Andy, you're now kind of, you're now finished, kind of finishing up your playing days at East and you're now in there as a, assistant manager. Like, what's, what's that like? Can I obviously get into coaching and put, uh, obviously, he's still looking down for the the SPFL now in the Lowland League, like, what's, what's the expectations with them, like, just to get straight as, as up as soon as possible? I, I, I actually I signed again uh, for the first season after they got relegated. I'd left Peterhead and I'd been back to East Stirling. Uh, so that's been three years now. This is the fourth season. And the expectation, look, we need to get back in as quick as we can. But unfortunately, every year it gets more difficult because there's a lot more teams looking at the same. I think everybody got encouraged by Edinburgh City, then Cove. So they, they're the, the latest two who have came up and to be fair, they're both punching well above their weight now and, and pushing on further. So I think the gap between League Two and the Lowland Stroke Highland League isn't where it used to be. In fact, I'm not even sure there is a gap. I think maybe the top five or six in our league would probably compete quite comfortably at League Two level. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. Look, it's, coaching was always something I, I, would, I was interested in. And, uh, we got the chance, uh, me and my mate, Del, Del Ewer, uh, once the, the previous gaffer left, they asked us to take care in a short term and it went all right. And, and we've been there for, for about 18 months now. So it's, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's got different frustrations for playing, but uh, no, I'm loving it. It's, it's good. See with see with the thing with Cove Rangers, it's easy to go and get promoted if you've got any if you've basically got a free free budget to go and get players that are, should be playing it in oh, the SPL or Championship, you know what I mean? I didn't get me wrong, Cove have Cove have probably spent well well <laughs> more than a lot of teams like too, but I don't think Edinburgh City did to be fair to them. Ah, yeah, they, they, came up, right they came up at a sort of level playing field. Uh, and look it's hard the, the finances one's difficult because I think there's a lot of teams in League Two plead poverty, but it's not really the case. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. There's a lot of clubs spending a wee bit more money than they let on, and they like to go into media and say, "Oh, but these teams are Kelty Hearts, East Kilbride, ourselves. We always get branded as are spending big money, but we're not spending any more money than than anybody else, really." Cove may be slightly different, but the, the, you find the North of Scotland teams, Peterhead, were the same. You, you've got to spend a bit more because you need to attract a player to the to the North of the country. They the lower league in that is obviously made attractive. No, because see the like, types of players that are coming for like like championship, league that's one. It. Like they're, they're not even 
they're no like trying to get a club run about their own level if they no. get released or, or leave. They're coming like straight down to their teams because they can like they're just as good as, as what the teams in the league one league two is. That's it, and I think I think when boys go for full time to part time, uh, a lot of boys will, you, you look for the best wage you can get as well as the best level. Ah, of football, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The folk oh, boys have got families, and if if there's clubs at your level are paying paying a decent wage, and it, it becomes attractive, and it, it helps mm-hmm. now that the league is competitive. The first couple of years, there was probably ourselves in East Kilbride, potentially Spartans at times, and out with the three, you were winning games six and seven nil, and. It was a bit false, but now you've not got that anymore. There's there's seven or eight teams who could win a league, and there's an R four or five who are half decent. So it's that's it's good. It's a, it's a really competitive league, and it's it's getting better every year. Obviously, the West of Scotland teams are now coming in as well. Definitely. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be even more difficult. Right. So what's the kind of plans now? Is it just play for as long as you can? Like, I, I look to be honest, as the same when I left Peter Head, I was maybe thirty three. And I, I genuinely thought I was I was a bit done. I got a knee operation, and it'd be fair to Peter Reid again. They looked after me. They sorted that out. Uh, they gave me a deal, although I wasn't fit, and told me that I, I could have another year there, but I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't play. They were just basically looking after me financially because I had sort of played for half a season injured for them. Uh, but then I got the chance to go back to East Stirling, and to be honest, I, I didn't know if I had another year or two left in me. But luckily enough. I think maybe playing every week again has probably helped me get fitness back, and I still I still feel feel not too bad, not too bad. But, but uh, the co- the coaching side it helps because it takes takes a bit of pressure off. If 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 I'm struggling, I feel as though I'm still part of it. Like I've still got something else to give. If you know what I mean, so it's good. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch on a couple of questions I've been asked to ask you first from Dave, mm-hmm. Jamie Dishington. Uh, why do you always wear Under Armour gloves in May? That started about two years ago, I think. We played a game December, January time. I, I think we won three or four nil. I think I scored a hat-trick. And I said, right, well, I'll wear the gloves next week. It wasn't quite as cold. And I ended up going there. I, played nine, I scored nine games in a row. And I wore the <laughs> gloves every week. So I got to the stage where I thought, right, I'm not taking these gloves off. But by the time the, the, the run of games that I'd scored in, it was like April. And it was like twenty degrees, and I'm running about the gloves on. So, but it was just one of the just stupid superstitions where I didn't know how to take them off. So, final question as well. Paul Ronald asks, uh, "Is it true that you had Victor Beldrew in speed dial? What's that all about?" I I don't know about that. I noticed that one this morning. Uh, I don't know what Big Ronaldo's getting it there. Actually, to be fair, uh, I was trying to work that out, but I can't. I can't. Can't work it. What he's. He would need to explain that one for me. <laughs> but it's been it's thoroughly enjoyed I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the show it's a pleasure uh, Wilson I just want to ask you as well obviously you've got a couple of wee talking points you want to touch on just firstly about amateur football just to talk to us a bit about what's happening there Hi it's um, again I know uh, Stuart Urquhart the uh, amateur uh, association president has been trying to obviously speak to the government about getting amateur football you know guys back playing amateur football now I can understand the restrictions etc you know, don't allow this, but is there any difference to, you know, apart from possibly personnel, junior football being played um, at grounds in, in and around the country and amateur, you know, places to play play football, you know? Um, you still see folk out walking their dogs and that's tend to be the folk that watch amateur football. So we don't kind of understand why amateur football can't come back yet, the juniors can, 
I appreciate professional sport um, in terms of money, etc. The juniors is professional now, it says. <laughs> well, I watched Talbot a couple of times. I, don't, I just know it's quite there yet, to be honest, man. That's because Wally was playing. <laughs> so it was just, and, and I know there's been a lot of amateur teams on social media trying to get kind of definitive answers that, that why they can't be allowed. You know, in between kind of lockdowns and things, where we're driving up in their cars, we're washing their hands two meters apart. You know, doing our training, then all of a sudden it, it just completely stops, and we're not allowed. So we've done like kind of six weeks of pre-season, and then stop again, and now we're just told we can't do anything, and it's. As I say, we're you, looking for a definitive answer. Do you think it is because they can't control who come, who like comes to the games? You think that like there's obviously ninety percent of players of players of games are played in public parks. Is that the is that the reason? Do you think they can't see see like folk that would come to like, pay to come to your game? If they know that there's a game on at a public park, they don't need to pay, and it's local. Aye, that's they're going to probably go and watch out for their football fix. So they're maybe thinking about it that way. And yeah. then there's mass gar- no, no mass gatherings, but there's gatherings of people there, and that. Uh, they might be looking at it that way. I thought it would be easier to get amateur football playing because, like, like so we need an income to pay players' wages and that. And whereas amateur, you don't need that, but it's obviously like they control right, who's who's at the game and whatnot. And that and that's fine. And now most most folk tend to be sensible. They'll wear a mask or whatever they need to do. Yeah. Stand two meters apart. Do you, do, you, do you see folk standing two meters apart in the supermarkets these days? No, I, know. Not I, know. I totally agree. Yeah. And, and it's uh, not it's not it's not the case of I'll oh, just bring all sport, all football, blah blah blah. blah. The, the point I'm trying to make is that this is an outlet for a lot of people, you know. And it's there's the, the demographic of mental health issues between guys that. You know, 17, 18 years old up to 40 is, is, is very high. And they need to be doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, I can appreciate if they don't want us to do a non-contact training, but that's, that just make, it makes a mockery of the whole thing. And the, no difference in between the juniors and the amateurs. You know, and, but as I say, I just, I just want to highlight it on the show because I know the SAFA president and Seggs and that have been looking for answers. I mean, we, we, we don't seem to have any. I think the SFA and the other governing bodies are struggling with, to be honest, because the rules seem to be changing too much. I know, for example, during pre-season, we had a boy test positive. Uh, one of our players tested positive, and the NHS in Fourth Valley told us everybody that was at training on a Tuesday night to self-isolate for 14 days. Now, we had followed every protocol that the SFA, that the government, that everybody had set in place for us, yeah. yet we were still to self-isolate. Although we hadn't been indoors, we had washed our we had said two metres apart until we were on the pitch, we wore masks before we trained. And it actually took the boy Jason Leach that, that's, yeah. that's yeah. advising the government quite a bit. He actually fought our case, and after six days, NHS Wolf Valley then got back in touch with us and told us we didn't need to isolate any longer. So... I think that, and that's a, we, we've got a, a decent setup. We've got people looking after us. So I think the amateurs, I don't know if it's because they think people are going to struggle to, to follow the protocols, to keep everything in place, but I, I, I take help my kids. I run my kids' football team. He plays for Stennis Muir, under 14s. And the part on people being at the sides of the park, parents have gone to all, all kids' games. At every single kids' game I've been at, there's been parents at the sides of the park. Granted, maybe. 10 metres back for the touchline rather than standing right in the touchline. 
and we've been told referees, whatever league officials will abandon games if this is happening. It's not happened once. Every no. single I'm, game. I'm, I'm the same. I, I, I help with my kids' team as well, and the. Their sure guys are down at Cali Parts at Presswick Airport. Yeah. So rather than being standing at the side of the pitch, we're just standing at the fence watching it. It's uh, it. yeah, no. absolutely no difference what's, what's, none, what's, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. So I don't know why the amateurs should be any different, as you say. As I say, it's not because it's the best thing in the world, but it's for guys' mental health. That's the that's yeah, definitely, yeah. get guys out playing. You know? 100%. But, uh, it's something that no playing for, for six months and all. The guys that are coming to the end of football and what no, they're just gonna go, Oh well, I'm just I'm not gonna play. Mm-hmm. Can't I mean? nah, it's something that needs to be addressed as quickly as possible, and I'm glad we've kind of we've touched on it here. I just want to touch on a quick question for uh, Stephen Nichol who just asked a fan question. We spoke, we spoke on this last week about Rangers accounts, so I'll ask Shankers this. Which Rangers players can you see leaving at the end of the season? Um I think it's inevitable that players will leave. Uh, I think because of what's at stake this season, that's probably one of the main reasons why those players been kept. The likes of your players that are in form, Barisic probably one that sticks out for me. That there'll be teams sought after. I mean, they could go and fit in. I mean, before my United signed the boy Tellez, for me, he could go and play. Go and play there. Can like you don't need to be a good defender nowadays to play to play fullback. That's mere attack. Let's let's see, mate. Let's face it. Barisic at Man United. He's <laughs> a creation. He's a creation. First choice left back international. It's just your agenda against Rangers. It's not true. Man United. What? He's not good enough. You don't think? Oh well. That's fine. Surely, surely Rangers, Mark. Rangers will have to capitalise on the. 50 million valuation of Connor Goldson that couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo last season, but now he's worth 50 million. So they'd be daft not to cash in on him along he's with the 80 the million for the Alfredo and the 45 million for Katic. I mean, they'll be the fans in. To be fair, I think Goldston Ghost goes up 10 million every time Shane Duffy plays her. I think that's, uh, <laughs> that's the problem there. See, see if you're not going to come on and be serious, Wilson. I'm sure Scott <laughs> stop that for happening. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't wait to see Barisic oust uh, Luke Shaw and Tellez. That'll be smashing. Smashing. Did they oust Luke Shaw? Barisic could go, <laughs> go, and play at a top, go and play at a top club comfortably. I think he could as well. Mm-hmm. He's a creation left back international, so he could go and do that in the no, he's only going to get bet, better playing with better players. No, he has, yeah, he has a good What age is he? What age is he? I think he's 27. He has, no, the only thing that about it is he is probably like 28, 29, so right. like Rangers are probably getting him at his peak right now. So I, he's, 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 I, was, I was only kidding on that. He is a very good player. He's a very good player. I'll be getting your address after I say anyway. We'll touch, we'll touch back. To park I'm going him back up. <laughs> Bro, we'll touch on quickly our new idea between the three is was the SFS League where we, we decided to form a league where we could keep a we could keep a track of results and our predictions over the week. Now, 
we asked Andy to get involved in this, and I hope Andy you'll continue to do so because you'll need to see well, it come back for this, this disaster. To be, to be fair, I need to continue to, do, to make amends for this week. <laughs> that was a shocker. To be fair, to be fair, Wilson chose Falkirk today, so Wilson's in eight points, so Wilson's actually the lowest out of the four he has. So I, I, I took Falkirk in support of Andy. I knew Andy was from there. <laughs> so I thought I'd better give Andy something. I just want to touch on our results quickly. Craig Mahood leads the leads the league in fourteen points. I'll I'll make it, I'll break down the full run in tomorrow on Twitter. So for everybody for Twitter and Facebook, so everybody that wants to see their score, please check out the social media tomorrow. Shankers during twelve. You're the top of the league out of us four. That's very good for you. No bad. What was it we said again? £50 a head for whoever wins. Us three, whoever's top out of three it's is. Coming, it's, coming out out, it's coming out of the money Wilson makes for these guards, really. He's going to get signed a new win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pay for a police fan's window tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Andy and me are both in nine. So, we're actually not as bad as we thought, but Wilson, did, you're in did anybody, did anybody actually get, like, a, a score correct? Yeah, Craig, Ma- Craig, Mahood, Craig Mahood picked 2-1 to St. Johnson, so very good for Craig Mahood. Uh, aye, very good start. Please continue to join the SFS League. We'll be posting more details over the next few weeks or so, but this is something very exciting that I want, but I'm sure we're all, we're all eager to get further involved in. Uh, we'll just touch, I'll just touch on a couple of things before we close up, obviously. The big talking points, obviously, Thursday night now in the Europa League. Celtic are out, uh, but they go to the, the Italian champions at the San Siro. Wilson, do you, do you take a Finch team? <laughs> do you give Scott Brown another game? No, but just uh, good isolation for two weeks and just give them the points. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but do you think though they'll be giant? Will just be? Lambs to the slaughter. Lambs to the slaughter. Jink will be a weak side. Not a weak side. Jink will be a. No, I don't, I, I, well, from the usual 16, 17 players that he, that he uses, but I would imagine AC Milan might play under 16s or something and just to, you know, get a result um, and get the rest of their players. Because and they try and get like a, a set team though. Like, do, do you think, I don't think the manager knows like he's best 11. Like, if they lose one week, there's changes, changes formation. Whereas there's teams that have got a set structure, set formation, they play that way all the time. Like, you, They've no got that, if you know what I mean. He does, he does know that after 20 games, man. <laughs> I know that. That's obviously the worrying thing. But he needs to start. Well, I, I'm no, I couldn't care less whether he does or no. But I'm just, if I was a Celtic fan, you would, you would want him getting a set team. Know your best team. If they're, they're playing that formation, that's what they're doing all the time. You don't see that. I, 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 I think, to be honest, I thought his set team was the game that started the old fun game. And they were absolutely humiliated and he panicked. He, Can I just add, he doesn't know what Edward he's doing. And that, Edward and that was the thing that Edward Christie Forrest do. But can <laughs> I just ask as well, why why if you're a goal down, do you take off do you bring do you take off a de, a defender and bring on Shane Duffy when you've got Clamal on the bench? Does that not just sum it up to you to you? Like what what was that? It, it, it shows it shows you two things. It shows you that he's, he's lost it. He's completely clueless. <laughs> but it shows, it shows it's composed myself. And as I say, hey, Andy will start to use this now, I've told him. It sticks two fingers up at the board to say, I'm having to bring on him because I've nothing else. I'm short of players. 
I want more money to spend in January. Kamala was there, two million pounds. Aye, but again, did he sign Kamala? Did he sign Barkas? Did he sign Duffy? This this is where the issue lies. Yeah. Because have they got a direct if, profit ball then? Is it? Well, just get this Nicky Hammond that come in and he's making the signings allegedly. He was the guy. He replaced Congleton. Not at all. Congleton was Rogers' man, and I think when obviously Rogers left, I think Congleton went with him. So they brought in Nicky Hammond to be like transfer recruitment. I don't know his full title, but I would assume he's certainly got a master. Whoever's making the signings, whether it's Lennon or Hammond, should be sacked, and that's the bottom line. That's that's the bottom line because they're no good enough. I think it's that guy who's doing it on his laptop. He's looking at. Aye. And then another question. Another question: If if Lennon was to leave tonight or tomorrow. Did the coaching staff leave with them, Andy? They have. Oh. Oh, I, I think I, I think they need a clear out. I think they do. Uh, I think that's part of the problem. When Lennon came in, I don't think don't think he brought his own people in, did he? Uh, the what I heard, they wanted Gary Parker in and was told you're getting John Kennedy. That's what I was told. Aye, that's, I don't know if that's uh, true. Or not, but I would assume that was. I would. I would believe it. I could believe it because I know uh, John Kennedy's uh, obviously uh, been promised a job for life, basically because yeah. of his injury. That's but that's, that's why. That, 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 that for me, I mean, everyone has sympathy with John Kennedy. There's no doubts about that. But yeah. that just makes a mockery of anyone coming yeah. in. Make, yeah. Makes an absolute mockery of. So you're you're telling me. Right, when Pochettino's announced on Monday, <laughs> they turn around and say, oh, by the way, Mauricio, see all those guys who go to the Champions League final with Spurs? You've got to take John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan. Get them out. Get them all out. Stevie you Woods is not the goalie coach. I think he'll stay. I think Stevie Woods will stay. If he, but if he, he'll, be, he'll be playing next week if he doesn't get, <laughs> if they don't get that thing out. Stevie well, Woods will get his phone. If he's had anything to do with the signing of Barkas and getting rid of Craig Gordon, then he needs to go as well. Get him out and off. I'm going to get out of the kit, man, and all. I'm here too long. Who should be the replacement kit, man, Shankers? Kerzo. Kerzo. Brilliant bit. That'll do us for this week. We'll be delighted to have Andy on. It was a pleasure to have you. Would you come back on? 100% mate, aye. No problem. Really enjoyed it. But thanks again to Wilson and Shankers for their non-stop entertainment. Brilliant. It's really enjoyed it. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you next Take week. Take care, guys. Cheers. 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 Cheers.